Welcome to Pastor's Class, a Bible study program brought to you by Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church. We pray this podcast will help enrich and strengthen your walk with Jesus Christ, and that it will lead you to read and study the scriptures more often. For more information about Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. Well, tonight we're in part two. I'm getting myself together, so it's all good. Um, Part two of Prayer Matters. And tonight in part two, we're going to look at the importance of your prayers. Turn to the person to your right or left and tell them the importance of your prayers. Look at somebody else and say, your prayers are important. Your prayers are important. In part one, we looked at prayer from God's perspective. So I'm just going to do a quick recap, because when we looked at prayer from um, God's perspective two weeks ago, we understood that prayer is not a fast food drive through kind of thing, where we place our orders right, collect our orders for the day, get up and leave. But we came to understand that prayer is a necessity for our spiritual progress. Prayer matters. Two weeks ago, we saw in the scriptures through the life of our Savior that prayer was significant even to him. We saw how he depended upon the Father, and he made it clear that he did nothing of his own will, but everything by prayer. We saw that he modeled prayer even in times of difficulty. So when we looked at, in part one, prayer from God's perspective, there were three things that we looked at. And we said prayer from God's perspective reminds us about God's glory and that God wants to get glory out of our story. Amen? Amen. Secondly, we looked at God's kingdom, that prayer is significant in terms of advancing the kingdom of God. And then thirdly, two weeks ago, we looked at prayer as it pertains to the will of God and that God's will will be done and that our wills, God's will being done takes precedence over our desires, right? And the things that we think that we have to have when we have to have them. And so we began to look at prayer from God's perspective. And as we looked at prayer from God's perspective, It helped you and I to come to understand the need for us to enlarge our own perspective so that we can get on God's page, amen, when it comes to prayer, that God wants to be glorified, and not only does he want to be glorified, but prayer is about his kingdom, and prayer is about his will being done in our lives. So let's look at this issue of your prayers being important. Now... As we look at this, we have to ask a question and answer a question. It's a lot of times we figure, based on what I just set up, that if prayer is about God's glory, if prayer is about God's kingdom, if prayer is about God's will being done, then why do we need to pray? And believe it or not, some followers of Christ feel that way. They say, what's the, po- what's the point of praying? You know, God knows how it's going to work out anyway. Um, he already has decided what's going to happen and what's not going to happen. It doesn't seem like when I prayed and the things didn't really go the way that I thought they should have gone. So what's the importance of prayer? What, why does my prayer really matter? Look at the person next to you and say, she's going to give you the answer to that. Before we answer that question, though, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever had a time when you prayed 
And what you prayed for, maybe you had to wait on it. Anybody in the room? Right? And you, some of you said, some of you smiling like, I'm still waiting. You ever had a time where you prayed and maybe your prayer wasn't answered the way you thought it should have been answered? Absolutely, all of us in the room. The reason I raise that question, even though it's common to all of us in the room, is this. In many Christians' lives, what tends to happen is when we get tired of waiting, when things haven't quite gone the way we thought they should have in terms of prayer, disappointment can set in our heart, right? And not only disappointment, but for some, weariness, for others, even anger. And so when you get to a place where you feel so disappointed over the fact that, you know what, I've been praying. You ever said that before? I've been praying. I'm still praying. And so what can happen is, within the heart, our hearts can become discouraged. And when the heart becomes discouraged, then we don't really see the significance of why we ought to pray anymore. And when we no longer see the significance of why we ought to pray, then what tends to happen is we will find ourselves turning to things to get a quick fix, a quick solution to what, you know, God has an eternal perspective on. And so we can find ourselves just saying, well, you know what, what's the point? Why, why do I need to pray? What's, I've done all of that. I've been praying. But the question I want to ask you equally is, has God ever failed you? He's never failed us. And so even though, you know, we may be still waiting tonight, even though we may have not seen our prayers answered the way we would have wanted them to be answered, I don't want us to get into this place of discouragement and weariness because, see, it's the trick of the enemy to cause us to stop praying. Why is it the trick of the enemy to cause us to stop praying? Because prayer is about communion with God. So if he could rob us and discourage us to the point that we feel like, well, he already knows it. You know what? I'm not even going to bother with this. I've been praying. No, we need to understand the significance that prayer matters and your prayers matter. Look at the person to your right or left and remind them again, your prayers matter. I don't know about you, but what I've discovered is when discouragement sets in or disappointment over our prayers not being answered the way we thought they should have been answered, or we find ourselves still waiting, what really is happening, even though there's disappointment and discouragement in our hearts, it's a revealer of where we are in our trust towards God. It really is. Now, that's not to say that we're not going to be discouraged, but we need to understand something. When disappointment comes in and we find ourselves getting weary, that's why I asked you the question early, has God ever failed you? Because you're going to have to go back to the history that you and I have with God in those moments while we're waiting. In those moments when it seems like things are not going the way that we think they should be going, that becomes the time, not for us to loosen our grip and trusting him, but for us to remind ourselves of who he is and his faithfulness to us. Look at the person next to you and tell him, God has always been faithful to you. And tell him, and he still will be faithful to you. 
Amen. So let's look at this whole idea of why we may tend to think that our prayers are not important. And the answer to that question is we pray because God uses our prayers to work with him when it comes to advancing his kingdom on the earth. So even though we may feel that our prayers are insignificant or why should I bother to pray anymore? God uses our prayers. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 tells us, and you can write the verse down and look it up later, for we are God's fellow workers. In other words, we work with God, people. So God uses us. I find it absolutely amazing that the God of the universe wants us invites you and I to spend time with him. That the God of the universe wants to communicate with us. That the God of the universe wants you and I to seek his face on behalf of another. That is an awesome privilege that we have. That we get to commune with God. And so that's not something that you and I ought to take for granted because God uses us. We work with God, not necessarily for, but with him in what he wants to do in the earth, what he wants to do in the person next to you, what he wants to do in somebody's life that you know, in the person on your job. He works with us. We work with him. Let's look at this in 2 Chronicles. Turn to chapter 7 as we see a, a scripture that helps us to understand that we work with God. God works with us. We work with God. Second Chronicles chapter 7, starting at verse 12, before we get to what I know is a familiar section of scripture for us. And if you're there, say amen. Second Chronicles chapter 7, let's start at verse 12. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night, and said to him, I have heard your prayer. Look at the person next and say, that's good news. <laughs> Look at somebody else and say, God has heard your prayer. He said, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. If I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, he's talking to Solomon, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, he says, or if I send pestilence among my people and my people, say that's me, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will. We know the rest of the verse. But he says, if we will, then he will. Do you see that here? So that's why I said, when we say, well, what's this point of me praying? No, we're partners with God in seeing his kingdom agenda manifest in our lives and in the lives of others. He says, if my people will, I will. What is he going to do? He tells us he's going to hear from heaven and what? He's going to bring healing to the land. So praying is significant 
for you and I. We should never come to a place where we find ourselves saying, what's the use of praying? Always remember and go back to scripture to understand that my prayer matters. Point to yourself and say, my prayer really does matter. Because we can't always see it, because we can't always figure it out, doesn't mean that our prayers do not matter to God and in what God is calling us to do. Just imagine, he's speaking to Solomon and he says, look, this is what I'm telling you. If my people do this, then this is what will happen. Can you imagine people that are in your space that God has assigned to your life? What would happen if you didn't pray at the times that he tells you to pray for them? Your prayers matter. There are people in our lives on purpose. People reveal things to us on purpose because we are those who have a relationship with the King of Kings. We are those who have a relationship with the God of heaven who allows things to happen here on the earth. So never underestimate the power of your prayer. Amen. Jesus told his disciples in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, at all times, they ought to pray. At all times. At all times, they ought to pray. And then he said, and not lose heart. Why? For the same reason we began this lesson. Because when we pray, there's a tendency to lose heart, right? Why? When we don't see the things that we've asked of the Father. But that's why part one is so significant because if we can get God's perspective about prayer, then that helps us that even when we don't see it, we have the assurance that he's working things on our behalf and things are working for our good. Hallelujah. So we ought to always pray and not lose heart. Always pray and not lose heart. I'm going to give us five quick reasons before we pray tonight because we're going to spend some time praying. We're going to, I'm going to look at five reasons. I want to give you five reasons why your prayer matters to God. Amen? Amen? Number one, prayer allows us to connect with God intimately. Prayer allows us to connect with God intimately. Prayer allows us to connect with God intimately. Prayer allows us to connect with the heart of God. And this is the thing. Intimacy builds trust, right? And I believe that the plan of the enemy, as I said earlier, if he could cause us to loosen our grip and trust in God, then guess what? You're not going to have intimacy with God. Because if intimacy is the platform that we spend time with him, getting to know him, getting to know his heart, getting to know his mind, because just like a relationship, anybody married here? Right, all right, anybody in a relationship, friendships, you know people you have relationships with? Well, what do you do? Over a period of time, you talk to those individuals, right? And the more intimate you become with them in terms of getting to know who they are, getting to know what's going on in their world, what tends to happen? You trust them a little more, right? And then why? Your trust is based on that which you have come to know about them. It's no different in our relationship with God. But if we're not communing with them, how will we trust him? Think about it. 
So some of our issues with trusting God, can God really handle this? Will God really do it? It begins in the fact that maybe we're not spending that time intimately with him, getting to know his heart for us, because when we get to know his heart for us, revealed in his word, then what will that do? That will strengthen our trust to believe that he really does have our best interests at heart. But I'm not gonna trust someone that I don't know. Right? There are people in your life, if you feel like you don't know them, there are things you don't trust them with. It's no different in our relationship with Father God when it comes to prayer. When we struggle to trust, it becomes a revealer that we maybe need to say, where am I? If I'm struggling to trust God, then there may be some things that I don't know about him. And how will I get to know those things about him? By spending time in prayer with him, amen? Turn over to Psalm 63 for a moment. I want us to look at what David describes and how he describes intimacy with God. Psalm 63. And the funny thing is, we don't always think of prayer as um, intimacy and connecting with God because when we think of prayer, how do we normally approach prayer? We think of prayer to do what? Ask for something, get something, right? So we don't think of prayer as intimacy, sitting, talking, listening to God. No, we kind of run in with the list. But what kind of relationship would that be with somebody? Think about the people in your life. If all you did was ran in with your list, or every time you scheduled to have a lunch with them, or they came over to your house, you just started putting out what you needed from them. Well, I need you to do this. I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. I need you to do this, 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 and this. And I've been wondering if you was going to ever be able to get around to this. And I was also wondering if you could loan me this. And if you, I mean, what kind of relationship would that be? Not one that we would want to be a part of. Well, why do we think that our Heavenly Father wants to have that kind of relationship with us? He doesn't. He doesn't want us only praying in crises moments. I got a bad report, I need everybody to pray. No, he wants us to be communing with him daily, regularly, why? Because when the bad report comes that he already knew would come, intimacy would have built our hearts with trust and faith that even though I'm at this place, my God has me. So nobody wants that kind of relationship. And if we're not gonna put up with it from other people, saints of God, then let's make sure that we're not treating God that way. Psalm 63, intimacy. Starting at verse one, look at David's response. Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Thus I have seen you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. Do you see the love relationship here? I will lift up my hands in your name, my soul, is satisfied with marrow and fatness, and my mouth offers praise with joyful lips. He began the day this way, and look at verse six. When I remember you on my bed, he just can't get enough of him. 
I meditate on you in the night watches, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will cling for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Intimacy with God. It says he seeks him earnestly. What do you seek earnestly? What do you pursue first thing when you wake up and realize that God has graced you with another day? Are you pulling out your technology and checking your Facebook and your social media? Are you jumping and running off doing things? Or are you pausing and saying, I just got to seek you, God, because you're so good to me and because you allowed me to be here another day. Oh, I'm so in love with you, God. Intimacy. Prayer will do that till you just want to spend time with him. And not only will it do it, but then when you're in spending time with him, you'll realize that you're not even any longer watching the clock saying, well, how long have I been here? It's been five minutes now. No, but when we really give ourselves to intimacy with God, hallelujah, he will begin to reveal himself to us. Amen? Prayer allows us to connect with God intimately. Number two, prayer allows us to, ex to access God's wisdom and revelation for our lives. Prayer allows us to access God's wisdom and revelation for our lives. Anybody need any wisdom? Of course we do. Your prayer matters. You know why your prayer matters? Because you can access the wisdom and revelation of God through prayer. What James says in 1 and 5, what, if any man, let him do what? Ask of God. And God will do what? He will give it to him freely, right? Turn over to Ephesians for a moment. Ephesians chapter 1. And let's start at verse 15. And if you're there, say amen. Hallelujah. For this reason, I too, the Apostle Paul speaking, having heard, of the, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you and your love for all the saints. That's so powerful, isn't it? <laughs> and your love for all the saints. Do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. He's making mention, and what does he say about the church of Ephesus? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. How many know that we need the wisdom and revelation of God to understand the truth of God? So your prayer matters because that is how we access the wisdom and revelation of God. Stand to your feet for a moment. We're going to pray this prayer. Just everybody stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Lift your hands, and I'm going to pray this prayer over you tonight. And then, you know what? I would encourage you, when we're talking about connecting with God in intimacy, the most powerful prayers you can pray when you don't know how to pray and what to pray is the Word of God. The Word of God. Pray the Word of God and know that you're in His will and He's going to answer that prayer. Amen? Lift your hands. Father, we thank you tonight, God. 
We ask that you would give to us a spirit of wisdom, God. Hallelujah, God, that we would know, Lord God, not only how to act, God, but we thank you for revelation that we would be able to discern the knowledge of your will for our lives, God. Even now, God, as we extend our hands before you, God, Father, you know the situations and the decisions that are before us, God. So right now, God, we ask for wisdom. We ask for revelation. Let us not be wise in our own eyes, God. And so, Father, we thank you, God, that we will pray your scriptures, God. And as we pray your word, God, then we expect, God, that as we enter into our day, God, as we have asked of you for wisdom and revelation, that we will have received it. And as we walk and go through the day, God, we expect, God, that we will walk in your wisdom and your revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Pray that prayer over your life. Don't lean on your own understanding. Hallelujah. That's the beauty of us communing with God in prayer. Number three, your prayers matter because prayer allows us to know what we don't know. You ever had a moment where you just didn't know, but you wanted to know, right? Turn over to Jeremiah. Prayer allows us to know what we don't know. Jeremiah 33, starting at verse 2. Thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 3, call to me and I will answer you. How about that? He's waiting. Call to me. I have your answer. Don't look over there trying to get your answer. I have your answer. Don't turn that on looking at that show trying to get your answer. I have your answer. Call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. Look at the person next and say, God, I've been trying to tell you something. He's been trying to tell you something. Yeah. Hallelujah. The word of God tells us right here. When you don't know what you don't know, don't get all stressed out. Right? Get all frazzled about it. No, but seek your father in prayer. God, there's some things that I don't know, but you said you know them. So I'm going to trust that if I call on you, that the things that right now I don't know and I can't figure out, I will then have knowledge of the things that I need to know because I'm calling upon you and I'm turning to the one who has my answer. I remember somebody said, hang with those who have your answer, not your problem. Well, God always has our answer. Hallelujah. Number four, prayer matters because prayer allows us to witness God's power. Prayer allows us to witness God's power. Have you ever been over, in over your head? You're back up against the wall, in a bind, in a situation, waiting for it to come and break through, right? Turn over to Acts chapter 2, chapter 12. And we're looking at the word of God tonight, as I said earlier, to enlarge your faith concerning prayer. Because you need to underline these verses in your Bible so that when you have those moments, instead of just not praying, instead of having a tantrum, 
Guess what? Remember the word of God. That God is waiting and willing and able to do exceedingly abundantly. He's waiting. Acts chapter 12. Let's start at verse 5. Actually, I'm going to start at verse 4. When he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. So Peter was kept in the prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. Oh my God, what happens when we gather here on a Wednesday night for prayer? My God, what can happen? On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. We know somebody was praying for him anyway because he was sleeping there, right? Verse 7, And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and a light shone in the cell. Remember I said your prayers matter? Now imagine... You have a friend in jail, and you just say, oh, well, they probably just, you know, I don't know, maybe they deserved a day in there. I'm saying, you know what, there's never an opportunity when we shouldn't pray. There's never an opportunity when we should uh, feel as though our prayers won't matter. In this case, yes, we know what Peter was doing, and he wasn't doing anything in, in this context, as we would say in our culture, anything unlawful. But here it was unlawful for them in this time. And yet he's in prison, and look what's happening here. It says, the angel appeared, a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter's side, woke him up, saying, get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Jump down to verse 11. When Peter came to himself, <laughs> he said, now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hands of Herod and from all the Jewish people were expecting. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who, were also called, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together doing what? Praying. They were praying. We got to have people in our life that'll pray for us, people of God. Hallelujah. When he knocked at the door of the gate, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing in front of the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. They kept saying, it is his angel. Prayer allows us to witness the power of God. You may be in a situation where your back is up against the wall. You may be in a situation where it just doesn't look like there is no way out of it. Let me tell you, your prayers matter. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. And what you can't seem to see a way out of, just like that, suddenly, it says that these things begin to happen. Peter thought he was having a dream. It happened so quickly. 
I believe that when you and I come together on a Wednesday night, when this place is filled with people with one mindset to pray and to seek God, we're going to see things like we've never seen before. When we can make prayer a priority for our lives. See, you can always tell when prayer is a priority because guess what? People will be at prayer. There's always something that can be on our calendar, but I'm telling you, the times we're living in right now are going to force us to understand that I've got to get to Crossover Church at 7 o'clock. The times we're living in right now, if we understand and are discerning, then we will come to know that this is the time like never before. And we need to be gathered in God's house on one accord, praying, believing God for the miraculous, believing God for healing in our own land, believing God for breakthrough in our schools, believing God to change the hearts of those that are in, in the government. We need God like we've never needed him before. Your prayers matter. This church needs your prayers. Your prayers matter. Don't ever think that, oh, now we got another building. Praise God. More than ever before. More than ever before. As we step into this new land and this new territory, more than ever before. We need to be people of prayer, not trying to do this in our own strength, but leaning on and asking for the wisdom and the revelation knowledge of God to do what only he can do for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Lastly, prayer allows us, allows us, you and I, to participate in the works of God in the earth and in the lives of others. Prayer allows you and I to participate in the works of God in the earth and in the lives of others. Turn over to James, the book of James. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. James chapter 5. And let me know when you're there by an amen. And then we're going to spend some time praying tonight. Amen. Can't very well do a teaching on prayer and not pray. Are you there, the book of James? All right, let's start at verse 13. Let's start at verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must do what? Pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another. Why? So that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man, one translation says effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. How do we know that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much? Look at verse 17. Prayer allows us to participate in the works of God in the earth and in the lives of other people. Verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. In case we would be tempted to read that and say, okay, that was Elijah. Well, there's a description there. Was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly 
that it would not rain. And guess what? It didn't rain. It says, it did not rain on the earth for how long? Three years and six months. Now, as I said when we began this study tonight, that I wanted us to look at scriptures to enlarge your faith about prayer, don't look at this verse and say, oh, that's so cute. Yep, Elijah, God used Elijah. What, we are looking at these verses to unlock something in you that you'll be able to understand that if God could answer the prayer of Elijah, hallelujah, and allow Elijah to participate with him in the earth, then what kind of prayers can you pray? What kind of ways does God want to use your life to work on behalf of another person? It says here that it didn't rain for three years and six months. Why? Because this man had enough faith to believe that if he asked God, to stop the rain. And we don't even know, when you read over in the book of Kings, it doesn't even tell us why specifically he prayed this kind of prayer. We do know that they were living in a time period where a lot of craziness was going on. They were killing the prophets. But then I think maybe that he just wanted to say, you know what, God, they really need to understand that you're God because they done lost their mind. So I'm going to believe that you're able, because I know, remember what Jesus said whenever he prayed, he said, Father, I know that you hear me. So Elijah said, to get the attention, he says, God, I'm asking, hold back the rain. But what I love about it, and we'll look at it next week on a different point, is after the rain was, had ceased for what, three years and six months, you got to know what that did for the land there, right? But then the next verse tells us, not only did he have enough faith to ask for the, the rain to cease, he turned back around and then asked God, now let it rain again. What am I saying to you this evening? Your prayer matters. When you have confidence with God, when you have intimacy with God that builds trust in God and his plan and his purpose in your life, then what that should also do is unlock something in you and I to believe God for the impossible. I don't know what you're dealing with tonight, but I came here this evening to remind you your prayer matters. Do not be discouraged because you haven't seen the answers yet. Don't allow weariness to settle in on your heart and your spirit. Don't disconnect because, see, when we become discouraged, Understand something. Ultimately, it's affecting our relationship with God. And the more discouraged I am, the more disconnected I can become in my relationship with God. Thank you for listening to Pastor's Class. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more messages and Bible study teachings, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. If you live in the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area, come visit us at our home location, 5340 Baltimore Avenue, Hyattsville, Maryland, 20781. Pastor's Class is a weekly Bible study that occurs Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. at our home location. We would love for you to join us. May God bless you and guide you as you continue to study to show thyself approved in the grace of Christ Jesus.